Welcome to the Quack Hole Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 Twelvin. Ow. My name is Adam Chameo. And I'm Aaron Schroeder. That is right, and this is the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Duck sporting podcast on the web footosphere. And Aaron, we're talking about another win. We're talking about another win. Kind of boring Rather- win, but kind of great win. Yep. Um, well, well, okay. Yeah. First off. Okay. Should we place bets on when Day will say garbage time began? Damn, dude. Um, I mean, honestly, garbage time was probably happening in the second quarter. I think we ended that first quarter like, did we have 24 points in the first quarter? Something like that. Like somewhere in the second, probably midway through the second or something. Okay. Yeah. Also, I would say, yeah, relatively boring game. But mm-hmm. didn't we get to see a lot of Ty Thompson time? Yeah, we got to see some Ty Thompson. I mean, we even got, we got to see Nova some side. backups. Yeah, that that was truly the most exciting part is how much backups <laughs> we got. I mean, we got a lot of touchdowns. It's always good. Also, sure. Duck fans showed up and stayed for so much of it. Like at Hithliday over at, at Hithliday One on Twitter posted a really good um, uh, post, basically just showing. You know, looking around, shout during that, you know, third to fourth quarter. And it was bumping. Yeah. It was bumping for a game that we were just destroying them in. And uh, that's that's a good sign. That's also a sign that us playing against Colorado, it is going to be lit. It is going to be insane. Dude, that game's going to be it's so It's going to be the party. Yeah, it's going to be the party of all parties. Absolutely. But uh, before we get into some duck news, let's click on this button here. In honor of Hawaii, let's just look at that beautiful logo again because oh. they were a wonderful team to play against. Uh, you know, they're not good. Just straight up going to say that. But they got a coach they can rally behind. Hopefully yep. down the line they can be a Mountain West uh, you know, powerhouse or even a Pac-12 powerhouse if they just somehow get in that league. Who knows? It's possible. Um, yeah, boring game, but it's a win, so it's wonderful. Aaron, let's go straight yeah. into news that is, All right. is just so freaking quack 12. I had to I had to get into it. And that okay. is some website uh, by the name of Forbes. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so credible. Forbes is funny because I think of them as very legit, but then the only times I ever see an article from them is when they're doing something that's very clickbaity. Like, you know, like, sure. what are the finances of Westeros in the Game of Thrones universe? How much is a credit in Star Wars really worth? That's Those are the only How articles. much? 
It's about uh about three fifty. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, bravo, sir. <laughs> um, bravo. This is okay. So this is something they've done with uh Pickwise is a program they use. Okay. And uh, apparently, so they just went around. I think they talked to like 3,000 football fans, which for me, I'm like, I need more information. Like, were these just 3,000 football fans that answered your poll? Did you specifically go for like state by state? You know, like, I don't know what. So take this for a big grain of salt. But the results definitely make sense that very much the leader of everything well, I shouldn't say that, but the leader in who smokes the most pot out of all college oh, football right. is the Oregon Ducks fan base. And uh, you know what? it makes sense. As we're saying this, listeners, you don't know, maybe you heard a little pop there. Aaron is actually lighting up a joint right now. And we are also drinking coffee, so maybe that. <laughs> oh, I'm having tea. I'm a tea boy. Oh, you're a tea boy now. Hmm. I made the switch when I realized that China is going to be the new world force. So I figured I might as well start getting used to the customs. I've been trying a bunch of different Chinese herbal teas. Nice. You know, I want to understand how to properly boil water before the uh, the new rain begins. So that way they, they will like me. I like it. And they uh, will find me useful in the workforce. To, to all of our uh, listeners and fans from China, welcome. We thank you. And uh, go Ducks. I wish I knew how to say that in Chinese. Go Ducks. Go Ducks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's cool. I don't know how credible that is, but just just the looking around, the eye game, you know, the eye test. Yeah, we smoke a lot of weed. I'm looking at you smoking well, weed right now. And you can watch look, us smoke weed on YouTube right now. Quackdorf Podcast YouTube. Here's the thing, is that... What's the thing? It seems obvious that... Eugene, Oregon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I learned from playing shows there 15 years ago was, oh, yeah, it's just weed farms everywhere out here. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. You get that's it. The, that's the one takeaway I have. That's why you moved to the Northwest from, from you were a good old boy in Texas, and then you, you came to the Northwest and got your mind blown. Um, supposedly, this is cool. Again, I'm like not sure where this is all coming from, but apparently, Oregon State is the most uh, LGBTQ, no, just straight up the most LGBTQ fans at Oregon State. Again, wouldn't have guessed that at our Corvallis, Oregon, but I'll take this poll's word. Uh, so that's very fun. I don't know if that changes anything for us. It'd be cool if Dan Lanning. You know, he had that video. Where These are all in. This is just a bunch of random polls that Forbes took. I guess. I don't know what they're doing over at Forbes. Like, they should be getting back to work. I'll say it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of work, getting to work, the WNBA playoffs are going off right now. Sabrina Inescu hit seven threes in game one. I thank you. She's already got the record for most threes in a regular season, so it's just absolutely bonkers. Um, Satu Sabli got 32 points. That is right, 32 points in her uh, game one. And, you know, this recording, we're recording on Tuesday morning, 4 p.m. this very day, New York Liberty takes on Washington Mystics. Hopefully they can knock them out. You know we're a big Liberty fan. 
Liberty, 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 liberty. Not a sponsor could be. Uh, yeah, so Sabrina is absolutely killing it. You gotta love it. Um, Aaron, there are still eight, eight, count them, Pac-12 teens, teams, not teens. In the, uh, there's probably some teens on these teams. Um, in the AP polls, number five, USC, which is pretty cool. Number eight, Washington, both st- staying strong. Oregon, number 10. We are a top 10 team now, which is very cool. Really? That's right. We jumped over Utah, which sunk down a little bit, but still number 11, Utah. Number 14, Oregon State, also very cool. Number 19, Colorado. They fell down one spot. Then we've got number 21, Washington State, to win up in number 22, UCLA. I have not watched much Wazoo, but uh-huh. I'm getting more and more afraid of them. I, really? They have not played great teams, but they've looked pretty good doing it. I'll tell you that much. Uh, where was Washington again? Uh, number eight, I do believe. Ah, uh, pretty amazing. You know, I saw a TikTok that said that they're going to be the surprise attack that might go the full distance this year. I mean, I hate to give them any credit, but their right. fucking offense is legit. And what they just did to Michigan State was pretty scary as a Duck fan. I'll, I'll give you this spoiler at least, man. So Michigan State, you know, they had all that terrible stuff with their coach, which definitely played into it that they didn't they were playing without a coach. And even if he was there, I think this team is just so not very good right now, that I think Washington still would have blown them apart. Maybe not as bad. But, Aaron, I think, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I think it was like 42 or 40 or something like that to nothing. If uh, It's something around there at halftime. Wow. Washington went in there and didn't just pick them apart uh, through offense, also just humiliated them on defense. They got, like, one touchdown, like, in the fourth quarter. Wow. They, I, Washington was putting in their backup quarterback and stuff like that. Like, Michael Penix just had a hell of a game. And all the stuff, like, even there was a moment where there was, like, uh, the Michigan State fan, like, or fan, no, uh, defensive back. like <laughs> The one guy was He got there. out there. He was so pissed. He's like, I'll do it. Um, he, like, blocked a ball, like, tipped a ball. The ball, like, goes off of his fingertips, which is like, hey, that's a good play. Goes into a wide receiver for Washington's hands, and he takes it all the way for, like, 40-yard touchdown. Like, everything was going wrong their way. But also, Michigan State is bad. But, uh... Impressive thing to do on the road, unfortunately. Um, huh. I was watching some NFL. Justin Herbert had a hell of a game in a loss. That is his curse in NFL where it's he. That's what happens when you get picked early. No joke, ain't it? Ain't it, man? That's, that is. Thibodeau is sitting <laughs> working giants. so hard yeah. on the other coast. <laughs> working so hard. Now Saquon's <laughs> hurt. He's going to have to carry the ball himself. Um, Christian Gonzalez, who, you know, transferred to Oregon from Colorado, had one great season, then went to the NFL. He is playing for the Patriots and is doing fucking great. He was covering Tyreek Hill like a. Give me a metaphor. You're from Texas. You should be good at this. White on rice on a paper plate he was in a like, snowstorm. Like white on. Wow. I asked the right guy. Oh my god. <laughs> 
He was. He was covering him like white on rice, like on a paper plate in a so in a snowstorm. Yep. Not quite. I can't pull the Texas off as well as you get. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it was great. Isn't this great? Well, you know, I hate to do a callback to last week's episode, but I'm fairly certain that's yet another one of my favorite quotes from the movie, Major Pain. Mm. <laughs> I guess we got to cover it at this point. We've talked about it a couple times. Oh, it's times. such a good movie. Oh, by the way. He's I, the best. Uh, I love Damon Wayans. He's great. Is he your favorite yeah. Wayans brother? I mean, I grew up watching him, and he was always the most fun on In Living Color. Mm. See, I am. I'm, I love David Allen. Gr- oh wait, yeah. So Wayans, I would color, say, yeah, Damon Wayans. David, Dag Damon is, Wayans is my favorite Wayans. Dag is almost an honorary Wayans brother, is what it feels like, right? I love David Allen Greer. I don't know why, but yeah. ever since I was a very little kid, I was like, I didn't even watch Living Color growing up. But I was just yeah. like, David oh. Allen Greer. I love him, dude. He's so good. Yes, he I mean. <clears throat> Totally subverted, but also, like, something about the movie Blank Man just <laughs> resonated. I was like, this is fucking awesome. I wonder why that one YouTuber th- was shocked to find out you weren't black. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Meteor Man. Have you ever seen Meteor Man? I have seen Meteor Man. I mean, I'm, I, you know, you're an old man close to death. I'm a young, yeah. uh, young boy. True. Just, just at the cusp of uh just my getting boyhood. started as they say <laughs> yeah, of puberty but so i'm a little more used to like marlon wayne's you know i'm sure i'm used to like scary, scary movie, movie franchise uh little big man <laughs> uh, white chicks i mean i'm more of a scary movie fan honestly that those were my favorite oh right white chicks he, was, was he in how high i think so i think so yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. That was Movie Corner. That was Movie Corner where we, uh, yeah, don't talk about Get the completely dogs. off track. At Quackwolf Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. It's also where I put up this Perfect. poll because I wanted to know. You know, we had so many duck fans smoking weed, apparently. All you potheads throwing your life away. I put up this poll. A poll for duck fans. Will you be high for the Oregon-Hawaii game? Now, uh, 63% of you said yes, <laughs> Hell and, yeah. and 36% of you said yep. Yep. So interesting <laughs> interesting results there. Uh, so 100%. All of you were high, and I do believe it. I'm for it. I'm for it, too. You know, Me watching the game, the one it. thing... Watching the game, the one thing that really Don't resonated to me, it. seeing how many Duck fans were there... Yeah. Was holy shit. Hawaii is the game. Hawaii is the game on everyone's schedule that also acts as a week long vacation. I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, they they played for us, so it was like hopefully vacation. I don't know. Hopefully they enjoyed Eugene. I would love to go to Hawaii, would be amazing. Maybe not this very Wait, were we not in Hawaii for that game? It was in Austin the entire time. (laughs) I am sitting there, not lying. I am watching that whole game going, <laughs> damn, it is incredible how many fans went to Hawaii oh, for this listeners. game. And then was like, crazy, they're doing the song between the third and fourth quarter. This is the part of the podcast. Hawaii must be just down to clown today, I guess. Sometimes we don't have to bring it up. Sometimes, sometimes you know, Aaron 
says enough stuff where you're like, oh, no, he's on it. Uh, this is the part where we bring up the shtick. You see, I care too much about the Oregon Ducks. Aaron loves the team, but is is it's about ten steps behind. He's not, you know. <laughs> you look, y'all are taking two steps forward. Yeah, I'm taking one step back. Every show, I swear to God, one step back. But we love him for it, and and he's why we sound so good on these episodes. Well, that used to be true as well, but now that's also <laughs> a lie. Don't don't pull that curtain. No, he yeah. lo- he looks good. If you see him on YouTube, it looks like he's, hey baby, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's about all the news I got. Uh, yeah, Aaron. Um, so much well, good duck stuff going. Well, let's do a quick plug here. First of all, if you'd like to help us out, why don't you go over to Patreon for a measly five dollars? You will get hours, hundreds of hours of entertainment for this, uh, all about the duck football, in spe- including our Quack and Time series, in which we go into every single year and talk about. The football that happened starting in 1894. We got Duck D&D going on there. Got some movie reviews, including uh, the Prefontaine biopic. I'm not going to tell you which one. I'm going to make you guess. But we're going to cover the other one, too, because <laughs> it's too funny not to. Um, yeah, and please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Or we'll never talk to you again. And follow us on YouTube. We just we we recently surpassed sixty nine followers. It was it was a feel good moment, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, and check us out on TikTok and TikToky. We're putting them up there. The air and out of contexts are about to start season two. Oh, season wonderful. two is coming. That's that's a wonderful program. I watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Oregon Hawaii game. Just just a few more minutes on that, but uh, it was just about as good as you. Could one? I mean, there was a few times Bo Nix wasn't connect. Like he, you know, missed like two or three sh- deep shots by a little bit, and but yeah, he it, overthrew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Troy Franklin a couple times, Antes Johnson, and I think in like a huge game, little moments like that, yes, could matter. Whereas like if you missed a what could have been a, a solid touchdown, but. He seems to be, you know, he also made a few great throws and overall did really fantastic. We're just nitpicking at yeah. this point. I would say, yeah, I would say some of those deep shots mm-hmm. seemed unnecessary. And so, therefore, I feel like they were probably just let's just run this thing we've been working on anyways and see if we can't dial it in against a team where we don't actually have to worry about that pass defense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, it was probably a play that has failed in practice, and because it, some of those were huge. Well, I think I, I don't— Tosses. I think it's just, you know, our average plays. It's just that's the deep option, and if it's open, you hit him. And a lot of times, Bonix would have nailed those, and he was so close to getting those. I think it was just a bit of nerves. We've seen him connect on those deep shots, and a big part of this offense clearly is like even taking those shots sets you mm-hmm. up for like, well, now they really got to focus on that. They got to have a couple safeties further back, which means they can't be in the tackle box as much. Which will help the run game, help, you know, the short crossers. Like, it'll help everything to 
open it up like that. And you may get an awesome deep touchdown. Uh, I, I think that's what was going on. It was nice to see Ty oh. Thompson have some really well-placed throws. Had a good game. Dude. Yeah. I mean, that was the part that I liked the most. It's like, you know, he's – there's obviously a difference on the field. You can see – I mean – the first thing I note, I didn't even realize it was Ty Thompson at first until I saw a couple of plays, and I went, "Oh, this is a different person." <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair, you but... didn't. You thought it was in Hawaii too. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get. We gotta get you to Austin one day. <laughs> mm-hmm. What well, that will be uh, our but, biggest episode ever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I loved watching Ty perform because I at least started feeling like, okay, well, as long as he can keep seeing some amount of minutes on the fields mm-hmm. every few weeks or mm-hmm. whatever, I wouldn't be so concerned if all of a sudden we need to rely on him more. I agree. I agree. For any kind of random reason. Also, when Bo Nix is wearing his helmet, does he kind of look like a football version of Maverick from Top Gun to you? Mm. I'll say yes. I don't know if I yeah. agree with it, but he I'll looked- say yes. Or maybe he had more of an Iceman look. I don't really, mm, but... As long as he's not Goose. Every time, I mean, he had just such a, you know, he looked like a 90s football player. You know what I mean? Where they're just like a little mm. bit more like lean and mean looking. Hmm. I don't quite, I like your vibe. I'm responding to what you're, the way you're saying there it, was not necessarily what you're saying. There was a time period in the 90s when there was like this whole weird push for this gridiron deal where like they made they had like I fuck I can't remember what it was but it was some kind of gridiron deal where they made all the players look like Hmm. he just kind of had that look where it's just like damn this is like a hardcore looking dude when he's on he's kind of intimidating looking he is he's our QB man I love yeah I love the look he always gives to people uh, uh gives to Tez Johnson his brother because again, that was the I believe the first touchdown in this game, and they're always just so stoked. It's wonderful to see. Can okay. I tell you something really quick? First of all, sure. This is something we never covered. That ever since it's happened, we've wanted to talk about it really quick because we got to bring Hipley on. We some kid got his ear freaking ripped off during the Oregon Portland State game week one, right? Because he was stuck in his helmet and his helmet got ripped off. His fucking ear came out. So we got to talk about that. I mean, that's about it. That's all I got to say. But I also want to tell you this. This made me feel good. For the Portland State Vikings, who we beat 81-0, to zero, right? Then uh-huh. they they played Wyoming. They It was a closer battle, but Wyoming took care of them, too. I was really wanting Portland State to get a, a big dominant win, you know, because that was two straight losses that they were supposed to lose. They played against the North American North American University. Never heard of it. Um, it's in Texas. I know that. North American University is in the southern part of America. Got it. Yeah, it's in. It's they're called the North American Stallions. So again, who the hell are they? I have no idea. Uh, this is their first game of the season, but Portland State beat them ninety-one to zero. So fuck yeah, Vikings. I, wow. I, I hope the guy with one ear like got a sack return, you know, for a touchdown or something. Like oh that. boy, <laughs> man, talk about a weird season to have as a player. Oh yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. You just live in extremes. Speaking of extreme, Aaron, you know how I've been plugging a commercial 
over and over and over. It's like, hey guys, oh, did I you got f- a commercial. I got a commercial I'm making, and then it just never, never comes up. I got a new. Well, commercial. I know that you've often said, uh, "I'm still working on the commercial." Well, guess what? I'm about to play it. Get ready oh, for y'all. Shit. I got a new commercial. You're gonna love it. Here we go. Well, Aaron, hate to say it, but the time machine is broken. I mean, this whole thing was running off the power of your cell phone. And obviously, when we hit 1894, there's no longer cell service or Wi-Fi connection, so... Not gonna lie, I did not think this through. God almighty, Adam, what are we supposed to do now? I mean, we're in Eugene, Oregon in 1894. We could check out the very first duck game. Maybe it's a good thing. No, it's not good. Look, we've already been here for about five days, and the very first thing I learned living in Eugene, Oregon, is that shows have been banned that are quote-unquote unchaste and demoralizing. And that's kind of the only kind of content we know how to make, dude. We can review every duck season as it happens. Even the children here are freaky. Then post it on the Quack 12 Patreon in the future. I mean, it's just really hard to not spoil, you know, tragic national events. Imagine it, a weekly show dedicated to Oregon football history with two charismatic time-traveling stoner hosts. We live in the most expensive house in Eugene, and it's a fucking shack. And the most beautiful thing about it? We can charge them a measly five bucks in the future and when we get it in the past, we'll be freaking millionaires comparatively. And I'm talking robber baron status, baby. Adam, I make bugs fight in a shoebox just to simulate television. All listeners would have to do is go to patreon.com quack12 and sign up for hundreds of hours of duck entertainment. But the hooch is good. In fact, it's kind of got me wanting to try my my own hand at it. That's right. For a measly $5 a month, that's patreon.com slash quack12. Now let's go watch them lemon yellows give those hay seeds what for. And keep your eye out for Dr. Schroeder's blueberry wine. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Quack 12 podcast. Any YouTube watchers are just seeing my face and not seeing Aaron because Aaron had some very important business to attend to. We'll leave it at that. We were drinking coffee early, earlier. That's that's probably enough of a hint. I think you can all put it together. He will be back in studio very shortly. But until then, we'll get someone who knows... A little bit more about college football and the Ducks than even Aaron Schroeder. That is right, Hithliday of Addicted to Quack. How you doing, Hithliday? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good because we beat Hawaii with basically no problems, no resistance, no injuries that I saw. People came back from injury even. We got deep into Ty Thompson time and and just it felt like the old days were just like, Oh, good. We get to see, you know, like we get the practice, the second, the third stringers get the vital practice ahead of time. Felt like the Chip Kelly era again. Uh, yeah, I, that Oregon-Hawaii game was everything I wanted out of it is what I'll say. <laughs> How about you? 
yeah, I mean, it's a satisfying uh, game to watch, certainly. Um, you know, it was interesting compared to, you know, Portland State, the other, like, non-competitive game that they played. Like, Hawaii definitely put up more of a fight in the sense that, like, you know, their defense is just better mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, one of the things that I, I you know, talked about, uh, you know, and, and definitely noticed when I was studying their films, just like it's a, it's a disciplined defense. It's sort of it's well filled out. Um, nice. Uh, you know, obviously there's talent limitations, but like, I, I gotta say, like, compared to a lot of the Pac-12 teams that I study that are sort of <laughs> like, they've got some hot shots, but they've also, it's sort of like, it, it a lot of Pac-12 teams that I studied are sort of like up and down. It's like spiky, you know, like, you know, they, they it's a real weak player here. It's a real strong player there. And mm-hmm. then like they, they try to like compensate for that by having the real strong players play like super aggressive. And the other players are like basically might as well not be on the field. And then Hawaii's not like that. It's real like steady Eddie across the board, you know. And so like I, I just sort of like appreciate watching like a disciplined, assignment sound, you know, football team. Like, yeah, you're talking about like low three stars across the board um and so like Oregon just sort of overwhelmed them but Mm -hmm. like at the same time but like a I like watching a disciplined defense and b like it provides a good test you know for Oregon not to be like too condescending or or to treat them like utilitarian you know they're human beings and I hope they enjoyed playing the football game but like it provides a good test for Oregon you know like how the offensive line you know performed and so forth like um uh and like and that's the other interesting thing is that you know one of the things that we observed about uh you know that we knew coming into the season was that they were you know had to make changes to their offensive line um uh, and like uh, I've I noticed in the first two weeks, well, three weeks as well, uh, that the, the pass protection from the offensive line has mm-hmm. been excellent. Like I, yeah. I was basically zero breakdowns in, in pass protection. Um, but the run blocking, like you can see the talent, but like there's been some technique, you know, like that's sort of expected. But, you know, it's yes. not unexpected, but like, yeah, I want to see it sort of, you know, improve. And it has been improving, you know, like and and Hawaii was a good test for that because of sort of the nature of their defense and its its consistency and its discipline and and the fact that they play assignment sound football. And then sort of another a bit of a wrinkle that they added was that they're uh, that I wasn't expecting, but which they did, which is their linebackers were firing, like mm. really firing. They were like guessing where the run gap was going to be and then attacking it like immediately. They were not waiting for the read. They were going immediately, mm. which like on a couple of plays gave them an advantage. Um, although on like more plays, it, it, that worked to Oregon's advantage because it's like, well, that wasn't the right gap, dude. Um, and, you know, so... So then Oregon sort of dealt with that, yeah. and, and Oregon got sort of a, like a bigger play. But, but like, good practice because if they're guessing right, you know, which eventually they will if you're just guessing, then it's yeah. like, okay, you're practicing against someone who's like, they made a perfect read. What can you do against this? Like, right, exactly. You know. And also, if they're getting the wrong read, but he's doing something unexpected, like, deal with that, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, so so all of those sort of things, that was nice to see the offensive line deal with. And like... Look, man, like Oregon, Oregon had like 10 yards per play, you know, uh, prior to garbage time, you know, like they, they, they only, you know, prior to garbage time, I think they only ran, you know, it was like 27 plays prior to garbage yeah. time. It was like 31 to zero. So would you drives. say, would you say, is that like, what is that? Like late second quarter, mid second quarter? Uh, I forget. Uh, it was uh, three minutes in 
end of the second quarter. Okay, it, it was like it was like twelve minutes left. In Aaron the would be glad to hear you say that because yeah. he was saying before you hopped on. Actually, he was like, "Where do you think Hithliday is gonna say garbage time started?" I said yeah. somewhere in the second quarter. Definitely, like by third, it was. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was 31 to zero <laughs> yeah. with with 12 minutes remaining. It's just like <laughs> 31 to zero. You ain't coming back from that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like, you know, from from like that, the qualitative, like just looking at their their postures and, and, and like how hard they're playing. Like, I, I don't really think that Hawaii like quit in this game. And I don't really think that Oregon like started treating the game like a joke either. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, look, at a certain point, the score has just become uncatchable and it's not worth charting anymore. Um, and that's, that's what happened in this game. And both teams had five possessions and it's, you know, it's like, that's, that's enough. Um, but it's like within those, you know, 27 snaps, only 12 of them were designed runs. Um, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, of those, you know, like five of them gained 10 plus yards, <laughs> um, you know, and the sixth was, a, you know, didn't gain 10 yards because it was a three yard touchdown run. Yeah. You know, it's like it didn't yeah. have 10 yards to gain, um, you know, so so like, yeah, the, the offensive line, you know, like like one of the things, you know, when watching Portland State, you know, the game against Portland State is like, yeah, they had a whole bunch of big runs. Mm-hmm. But like I was kind of like when doing the film study, like I even put a couple of lines in my article. It's just like, look, I know this sounds weird to complain about on a 52 yard touchdown run, but the blocking on this play is a mess. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Bucky Irving gets a touchdown on this because like he's doing Bucky Irving stuff yeah. Um, like. And and so, you know, it was actually kind of nice watching this film. It was just like, oh, they're getting like a 27 yard touchdown run on this one. First of all, because they were only 27 yards away, like it would have been a 52 yard run if they were 52 yards away. (laughs) And second of all, like because they earned it because the blocking was there, you know, like uh, that was, you know, that wasn't like Jordan James having to pull a magic, you know, rabbit out of his hat. You know, that was because like, oh, yeah, that was how that, you know, that gap scheme was supposed to go. And like, yeah, Mm. so this was in many ways like more gratifying you know film um in that way and there are other examples as well you know read my article uh, you know the way that they were doing um manipulating the defensive substitution rules about you know how they sub in a third backer instead of a nickel back and so oregon was using um heavy sets like 12 or 13 uh personnel um more like like two-thirds of the time like it was you know i said 27 snaps 18 of them are with two or three tight ends yeah. and only nine of them were with just one tight end, which is like, that's on its head. That's like flipped around. Um, and, and I think the reason is because Hawaii's like has very strict personnel substitution rules. Um, and they always put in a third backer. Mm. Um, a lot of teams that do substitution like that, they're like, well, hold on though. It's third and 10. You know, it's going to be a passing play. We can get away. We should we should have our nickel configuration, even though they have two tight ends. It's still going to be a passing play. Not Hawaii. Hawaii will go with the third backer. And Mm. Oregon knows this because they did film study. And so they're like, well, okay, we'll put in 12. You'll put in a backer. We'll pass the ball and we'll have an advantage because you don't have sort of the lighter you know, you know, uh, DB yeah. in. And so like I put it, you know, some examples in, in the article and there are, there are other examples too. 
like for example, they have that sweep run with Kenyon Sadiq. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Sadiq is like really like right now he's much. I think he'll eventually bulk up and play more like a tight end. But right now he's like a skinny guy. Yeah, he's more like a wide receiver. But you know what? It says tight end on the on the roster, <laughs> and so they put in you know their third backer, and so what you know Oregon runs to the outside with him, and the the backer can't keep up. You know it's like so those so those are like manipulating their their substitution rules you know, and, and uh you know so that you know that was fun and then oh boy the other thing oh, how about i have talk about the offense the offense is an interesting what's yeah. interesting was the defense yeah oh my god yeah. oh my god like you know i was i was all over a bunch of podcasts not just this one like telling oregon fans hey look man the only knife that hawaii has in the drawer is their deep shot passing because mm-hmm. they can't run the ball they can't even do efficiency passing because the, the offensive line doesn't hold up in protection like all they can do is hit these deep shots but watch out for you know pefele ashlock because he's been catching like 40 yard passes every game this year like multiple 40 yard passes mm-hmm. like and it's, so it's and hawaii's just going to go at it because they're aggressive appropriately aggressive and i like their team culture like they don't quit like they were going after stanford hard they were going after vanderbilt hard like you know man they're they're gonna throw this ball over and over and over again yeah. deep and eventually they're gonna hit it and so like don't freak out oregon fans you're gonna give up one or two you know and then oregon they, they didn't give up any the longest play of the game for hawaii of the entire game including garbage time was 15 yards yeah Nuts. Which is like, th- that didn't even happen in 2022. In all 13 games that Hawaii played in 2022, including their game against Michigan, right? Like, wow. Michigan that went to the playoffs, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, every single game, they had at least a 20-yard play. And I don't just mean, like, a screen pass that gained 20 yards because, like, I broke a tackle, you know, whatever. I mean, like, went through the air 20 yards because I watched all that 2022 film, remember? Like, mm-hmm. well, I, anyway, like, yeah. You know, like they they put the ball through the air. Not Oregon. Or Oregon had to shut down. Like, and it's a combination of they were blitzing a lot. Like they were bringing extra rushers because they knew that Hawaii was going to throw the ball on like a three to one basis. And number two is they they just had them locked down. Like they really did. They they had Ash in particular. They had Ashlock uh, and Perry um, and McBride. Like just completely, just completely locked down. Um, Absolutely. Are we, you we, seeing any uh, particular kind of like battles in the secondary that are intriguing you for like playing time? You mean or? between Oregon secondary players? Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, the way their configuration works is. Well, I, I think that Triquiz Bridges got dinged up a bit. I didn't really mm. see him in this game. Um, I don't know if that's uh, the result, uh, however, of a, a battle that he might have lost or just their, their, they were resting him. Um, so don't I don't know the answer to that question. Fair enough. But right now it appears that on one side of the field they, that Kyrie Jackson has a starting spot. And on the other outside corner, they're going back and forth between um, Dante Manning, number eight, Mm -hmm. and Jaleel Florence, number six, which is interesting because... um, Oh, oh, let me finish the discussion. And and then they're... They are, as the... The the nickel corner, um, they're playing Nico Reed, number 25, Mm -hmm. which is actually... uh, Surprised me a bit. Remember when we were at the spring game and I kept elbowing you and and pointing at Cole Martin because he was like the safety nickel? Yes. No, they've been doing a corner nickel, and that's been Nico Reed, which like I didn't see coming, but I probably should have. Anyway, my bad. Anyway, Nico Reed has been their their nickel corner. Um, Here's the interesting thing. Um, 
usually when you have a position that's rotating between two corners and the other outside corner is like one guy, um, it's because the one guy is your lockdown corner and the other one is the like, oh, he's the one who's getting attacked. And so we're going back and forth between two guys because I'm not sure which one is the better two. Mm -hmm. That's not how it's been going with Hawaii and Texas Tech. Um, teams have been attacking Kyrie Jackson. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, uh, um, but he's been always, you know, always the guy on his side. Um, teams have not been attacking like at all. The other side of the field that's been going back and forth between Florence and Manning. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know what that's about, mm. you know, like that's kind of it's like, well, hold on. If they're not attacking Florence and they're not attacking Manning, why don't you just put Florence and Manning on the field at the same time and take yeah. Jackson off? Yeah. Like, I don't but I don't know, man. Like, I, it's probably I'm probably reading too much into that. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just a so so penalties are obviously something we're going to, you know, circle in like Texas Tech. And then I, yeah. I think there was nine against Hawaii. A lot of them with the starters in still. Um, do you, is there anything you got, uh, besides just like, uh, hopefully they, you know, stop making as many mistakes and if they do, they'll be better. Yeah. And if they don't, then they may let some teams, uh, into games where maybe they, sh they wouldn't have been in otherwise. I, I don't, yeah, no, is that I, about I don't it? really have, I mean, I guess they didn't really happen during meaningful play. Yes. So I didn't really watch them. Um, you know, like as soon as I finished up with the the not garbage time film, I stopped watching and moved on to watching Colorado film. Fair so, enough. So sorry. See, you know, uh, like, you know my uh, my stance is when the Oregon game's on, I don't second screen, I don't flip over. This was a really I, hard one to do that. For. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I did the same thing because I mean, the football gods will punish you if you flip off the Oregon game. Yeah, like I know. <laughs> but I, like I was watching them live. I don't know. I didn't feel like the penalty like. Yeah, uh, like the roughing the passer that sustained one of their drives, mm -hmm. you know, pissed me off. Um, mm. Although on doorless, because right? yeah, yeah, I know. Although frankly, that one pissed me off because I didn't really think it. Like, I don't really think I, I kind of hate those roughing the passer flags. Frankly, mm. like I, I kind of think that's weenie stuff. Um, yeah, weenies. Whatever. <laughs> that, uh, at, at the risk of sounding like like an old crusty football fan, like everybody should emerge from football games with you know bloody nose and yeah. that was a clean hit yeah. on Travis Hunter. That's just football. No, yeah. no that was, that, that's not true. No, not I know, I know. Um, uh, no, no, but no. Look, I don't have anything intelligent to say about penalties. Yeah, don't don't commit penalties. Like yeah. I, I think uh, that's about and, that's and, about yeah, it. Yeah, like. Yeah, penalties will set you back. Uh, Dan Landing did have a quote where he said, basically was being like, if you can't uh, not make, you know, if you keep making penalties, you're not going to get playing time. And I was wondering, I'm like, who is he talking to in that? Because, yeah. you know, we're not we're not taking like, yeah, he's Josh not Connor out. Gorlis off the field. Yeah, it's just like, like no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think right. he looked pissed when Daunting Manning, I believe, got like a defensive pass interference. But I'm like, yeah, but. I mean, I, that's the only person yeah. I could think where maybe there would he would have some. Yeah, I know. Bite. No, I took that. I took that one about as seriously as Dan Lanning dance dancing. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I the shout survived somehow. He's got to, yeah. you know, he's just got to shake it up a little bit. I guess so. Oh, yeah, you got to make those threats if you're a coach. You know, you got to get the bulletin board stuff. Um, <laughs> Aaron, do you have any questions on Hawaii? You get one. <laughs> nope. 
I feel enough. good. You can, fair enough. Absolutely. Go Rainbow Warriors. We love you so much. We'll hey, Oregon is ske- Oregon is scheduled to play a week zero game at Hawaii next yeah. year. We'll all uh, be there. Oregon's, and Oregon's going to do the 13 game thing. I mean, assuming it survives, they are going to the Big Ten next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope the schedule doesn't get shook up. Yeah. But I mean, they're currently slated to play Hawaii again, Texas Tech again. Idaho and Boise State. So, huh. you know, I've been gathering up all this film, but like, yeah, they have, re- you know, replay games against both Hawaii and Texas Tech. So, like, a- you know, after both of these last two weeks, it's like, okay, Oregon, you know, beat both of these teams, but like, I'm going to be keeping tabs on them for the rest of the year to sort of like see how this goes. Um, I'm, I'm actually genuinely very curious and like, and like sort of rooting for Hawaii because like remember I did that 2021 project on Elite Terry because mm-hmm. Oregon's offensive line coach Elite Terry um, was Hawaii's offensive line coach in 2021 under Todd Graham which was you know that whole mess and like and then um, Timmy Chang took over in 2022 and you know is still their coach now and it's like night and day difference and like the team culture and like how hard they're playing like I really dig I really dig it man like I really just like they're those guys are playing so much better and like he just like gets that team man like of course he does he's a program legend and like um and and i'm just like i'm just totally rooting for and like everything that i was saying about like how it was a pleasure to watch their defense because it's just so and like that's a long time defensive you know uh, coach for them you know dc yoro um like he survived the todd graham purge Mm. um and like so i'm rooting for him too um him and coach chang uh, both and uh and so it's like yeah i'm totally rooting for like you know go bows you know i hope they win the mountain west and and uh, I, I, I'm sure they'll be great hosts when Oregon comes in week zero for 2024. Hell yeah. <laughs> Love Hawaii. Love them. They may be my like, second favorite team in co- freaking college football right now. Honestly. Hey, great colors. When else do you get to watch a team in green, right? There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I watched um, one team in green lose to the Huskies. Hopefully that's all I got to see. Uh, here we mm. go. We get, Let's get into these tasty, tasty picks. Ooh. The picks. The picks. The pigs. Now we we were pretty ambitious last week, um, and and partially rewarded for that as well. There's a little teaser for you, Aaron, but we'll get into the results. As oh boy, we make our picks. Uh, here we go. First though, this is a sad game. Number twenty one Wazoo versus number fourteen Oregon State. The only real pack. 12 matchup here pack two matchup i should say um it's unfortunate that it's happening week one in pack 12 play because you wanted both of these teams to like continue their undefeated status sure and i hope whoever loses stays in the top 25 because it's pretty freaking cool to have eight pack 12 teams to have this like record number of pack 12 teams in the top 25 in the year that we're dying uh but so this should be a fun game. Um, number twenty-one Wazoo has been lighting it up against some not great. Well, actually, so like Colorado State, I believe that was a week zero. No, it was week one game. I think yeah, was, week one. It was week one, but they changed up their um, like mm-hmm. quarterback, and like obviously yeah. the new quarterback is way better than the dude that Wazoo played. So clearly. Um, and, and, and that was a weird game where it's like Cam Ward had a lot of like bad moments, but then Wazoo's defense would step up. And then he also had some great moments, uh, which has been the Cam Ward experience so far. And they also beat Wisconsin, as we know, which Wisconsin is not a, 
not a powerhouse right now, but yeah. that's still an impressive, you know, you beat Wisconsin. That's cool. But Wisconsin sort of wants to attack you the same way that Oregon State wants to attack you, so that's kind of a relevant game. Yeah, and then Oregon State uh, against San Diego State, which, Aaron, you did pick San Diego State. Didn't work out wonderfully. Um, but, like, that game was, like, DJU, he is an improvement on their last from their last quarterback, but he is not necessarily looking like someone who's going to, like, drag Oregon State into wins where they, that yeah, they weren't going to win. Yeah, Like, that. did you actually watch that? Yeah. The and Oregon there, State-San Diego? There like, were so many should... just terrible, uh, or a, quite a yeah. few terrible passes from DJU. Just like, that guy's they wide open. They had so many... They had so many opportunities yeah. to walk away with that game mm-hmm. that, like, the the it was like Oregon State kept refusing to win that game or like <laughs> win it clean. You know, it's just like the, you know it could have been like a, a fifty to, to to nine blowout, and instead it was like it's like twelve to two for like this entire game. No like, joke. Yeah, and I keep hearing about this Oregon State defense, but I'm like, if we had Oregon State's schedule. Our defense would be putting up pretty freaking good numbers, too. But these would also be blowouts. Uh, You know, Oregon State's still a very good team. I'm still afraid to play them at the end of the season. But it is like, I think there is something to be said that they're playing at home for all these games and that they're not pulling away by by more. Um, Yeah. this, This should be, this is definitely Wazoo's toughest test, I think, so far this season. Uh, number 14, Oregon State, though. It's crazy they've gotten that, you know, that much goodwill towards them, but they're already up at 14. Aaron, this is this is a good one. This is a challenging one. Who you got? You got the Beavs? You got the Cougs? I got to keep it in the state. I'm going with the Beavs. Yeah, I didn't know what state. I mean, you're currently in Washington, so I didn't really know where you're going there. But in the state of Oregon. Yeah. I love it. You're going Beavs. I think there is enough offensive firepower for Wazoo to score enough that it's going to come down to Oregon State's offense to really answer. Uh And I don't think I have enough faith in them to keep up with Wazoo. So I do think that Wazoo is going to get this one, especially in Pullman. I think that plays a huge part in this. Um which which is an awesome start for Washington State. That'd be so cool. Um, either way, it'll be really fun for the winner of this. And I would imagine Oregon State st- staying in the top 25 even if they lose, as long as it's competitive. Huh. I, I'm going with Wazoo. Um, yeah, even though I, they, I've watched them probably the least because I watched like a lot of the second half of Colorado State, which was garbage time. I've watched only so much of the Wisconsin game and then their last one against the University yeah, of and Colorado. The, yeah, yeah, both of these teams haven't really played like games that are super appealing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I totally understand not being like real familiar with either of these teams because like kind of let's admit it, like bo- both of these teams are kind of in the top 25 because of like because they won three games against teams that are like not great teams. Like, mm. Yeah. Uh, who, who do you got here today? Man, this one's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Um, I'm going to go with Oregon State. Yes. Um, I think I think the best aspect of either of these two teams is Oregon State's run game. 
um, and that's ultimately what I'm going with. Um, the analytics like Oregon State, but I think a lot of the analytics kind of have last season baked into them at this point, and I think uh, like Oregon State lost a lot of the defensive components that th- that's playing off of. So like I I don't feel great about that. Um, Las Vegas likes Oregon State by mm. two and a half points on the road, Jeez. which which means that they really think that they're like a five point better team. Um, which is okay. Um, like uh, something made me like, feel like they were gonna Oregon State was gonna win it by a field goal. I, I think I, I think that Wazoo's best defensive aspect is their defensive edges, which is really better at shutting down the passing game. But I don't really think that that's super relevant against Oregon State, mm-hmm. like because they just want to run the ball at you. So like I kind of think that's less relevant. So that's. I, you know, it's not a point for Oregon State, but it's like it's sort of it 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 makes Wazoo's best defensive element less relevant. Huh. Um, like I'm still not sold on Cam Ward. I'm just really mm. not. Like, yep. uh, uh, but on the other hand, I'm just I'm not sold on DJ Uyunglele either. Like, um, oh man, this is really tough. I guess I put it this way: I'm just really not sold on either one of these teams. Yeah. Like, and so. You know, I really could see this game like, honestly, here's what's going to happen. One of these teams is going to miss a field goal (laughs) and like all the arguments like this is going to be a field goal game. And one of these teams is going to miss a field goal or one of these teams is going to fumble on the goal line or it's going to be one of those games like that. Uh And like all the all the arguments that we're going to make about like, oh, you should favor them by a field goal. This other team by a field goal. It's all going to go by the wayside because on one dumb mistake that's worth three points you know, is going to happen that is, like, completely unpredictable. Um, so, who, uh, This game uh, shall be decided by a safety. <laughs> okay. I like that. Interesting. In that case, I think uh, Beavers win it. But we'll, we'll see. I, I'm going with Lazio as well. Up next, number... As well, you're the only one. Yeah, you're the oh, only yeah. one. I feel That's like right. the game for me has changed to where I'm just trying to pick the one that I think Hithliday will pick. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, against the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, last week you straight up asked Hitler Day who, yeah. we, who we wanted to pick and then went with that one. That is, no, that's bullshit, my man. Okay. <laughs> number 11, Utah versus Ooh. number 22, UCLA. This It's it's mind-blowing that we're seeing ranked on ranked in Pac-12. Oh, man. One. It's if so there's fun. any game that's harder to pick than the last one, it's this one. Yeah. Uh, Utah, I mean, I don't know. They did well in the last one. Nate Johnson got was, got the start, I do believe, played a bunch of it. I only watched two, three drives of that game. Uh, I forget what else I was watching. But number 11, Utah, that 11 out of all of these seems maybe the most fraudulent ranking. <laughs> I mean, if Cam, Rising, if Cam Rising and Brant Keithy were back, maybe I would. Uh, I, I've oh, not they're heard still out. Okay. They're still out. They're not playing that last one. Um, if they were going to play, this would be a big one to play, but I have no idea. Against number 22, UCLA, Dante Moore did very well in that last game against that team that, again, do North not remember. North Carolina Central. That's right. I forgot yeah, it last Chip time. Chip Kelly put up his, his biggest margin of victory ever <laughs> against an FCS team. Well, there you go. That must surely mean that they're the number 22 team in the country. I mean, honestly, like like trumpeting that Chip Kelly didn't blow it to an FCS team is logical. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, 
This is in Salt Lake City. I think that's going to play a big part. Saturday, 12.30 p.m., Fox. Oh, yeah, you better believe they're getting up for it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think their fans are going to be freaking crazy. Um, you would. Oh, the, the Rice Eccles is a hundred percent the best, the best factor that Utah has going for them. I mean, yeah. it ain't their quarterback, it ain't their tight end, it yeah. ain't their offensive coordinator. Like, it was nice that Florida beat Tennessee. That's got to feel good yeah. for Utah. Fans. Oh yeah, I mean that's the other thing that makes all of this crazy is that they played a joke opponent in Week One that was like completely out of sorts and ridiculous, and then due to like swamp voodoo magic mm-hmm. that you know because Tennessee always loses in the swamp, like they haven't won since like 1993 or whatever <laughs> it is in the swamp. Like now that win is going to look way better. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is very fun. I didn't. I didn't think Florida had it in them. Um, but I mean, nobody ever does right <laughs> up until Tennessee always face plants in the swamp hilariously. Like, I love it. I mean, uh, to the point where there's a fight at the end of the game because Tennessee called a completely pointless timeout on the kneel down. <laughs> and like, there's like a, uh, there's like a Florida lineman who's squaring up like a boxer, mm. you know, just like the most like ridiculous stuff happens in that game. Yeah. And it all redounds to Utah looking better than they probably are. Um, it reminded me, I, I saw a TikTok of this Lions fan, uh, talking about the Seahawks game and him just flipping out. She's like, why do we always lose to this team? Why can't we beat this team? Um, number 11, Utah versus number 22, UCLA. We got the young freshman Dante Moore doing great things down there after taking a little while to get the start. Aaron, who do you got here? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh, I feel like we're at the beginning of the Utes' downfall. So, therefore, I must go with... I I just don't see... UC- I guess UCLA is going to win. You going with UCLA? I guess. I, I, dang. I want to go with UCLA. A part of me goes, well, this is Utah. This is Salt Lake City. But if Brant Keithy and Cam Rising aren't playing, I have seen enough of the Utah offense to give me second thoughts on it. I will go with the underdog. I'm going with UCLA, and I'm already regretting it. But this one is really me just, too. just throw Should it we, out there. Do you want to you change switch? the Utes? You want to switch? I'll picks? switch. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go with Utah. You go with UCLA. No, I <laughs> no, want to go with Utes. Oh, you want to go with Utes? Well, yeah, now I also that you're think... picking Utes. I'll stick with UCLA. Ah, that's right. Because I I want to get some separation between you and me. Um, Hithliday, do you do you have do you have a guess in this one? I'm gonna go with UCLA. Mm. There's just. There's less uncertainty with UCLA at this point in terms of who's going to be playing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that Kelly has stopped doing stupid stuff with his quarterbacks. And like every and so because he doesn't have stupid choices to make, um, like like he doesn't have choices to make. And so he can't make stupid choices <laughs> at the rest of his positions. He won't make stupid choices at the rest of his positions. Like we know who he's going to play at running back and wide receivers in his line because he doesn't have any choices to, to screw up. Uh, whereas uh, Utah, like, you know, it's not just 
Rising, who even if Rising comes back for this game, like he mm-hmm. won't have played, like he's going to be super rusty, like he won't have practiced or anything. Like I don't think you can count on him to just like instantly step in and be you know transformative mm-hmm. figure. Um, Especially he, if a, same, a big part of Cam Rising is like, oh, and then he's able to be mobile when he needs to be. It's like, well, right, yeah, it, pr- precisely, and, and like same story with Keithy. Mm-hmm. You know, Vele, who's like their only receiver worth a damn. Like also like is questionable for this game because he got dinged up in their last game um uh you know they're they're having an offensive line issue their run game has not been as dominant as it should have been um like uh you know all things considered like considering that they've been having a a quarterback problem and they're uh, like they should have been able to lean on their run game they haven't been able to lean on the run game now part of that i suppose is that what like one of the running backs unfortunately makai bernard you know is is lost for the season which sucks like that really sucks but mm-hmm. like their running back room is so big with so many good players like that like that that shouldn't have been an issue like it's other factors um and so like i'm just i'm sort of not I, i'm just not feeling utah what gives me pause is uh, like i still think their defense is pretty good i still think that it's really hard to play him in rice eccles um and and i still like i don't really believe in ucla's defense i i they haven't ucla has not been tested against any serious team you know whatsoever and i sort of think that almost everything that they do might be a big fat illusion and that utah might just like just smash them like with just sort of like utah stuff like everything that i said about how utah like has problems like all of those were sort of problems that they had last year and they would still take more talented teams than they are mm-hmm. that were you know a bit of a fraud and smash them um because they would do utah stuff to them and sort of like so even though i just picked ucla due to like certainty uncertainty factors like there's a part of me that's like there's gonna be sort of a rice eccles smashing yeah. <laughs> going on yeah i don't know man this is yeah this y- is tough I ucla but don't be surprised if utah doesn't just like win this by 17 and ucla is like what happened <laughs> like, yeah. with like roadkill skid marks all over them mm-hmm it would be nice for UCLA to win this because again UCLA would uh Utah would, pr- would stay in the top 25 if they lost and that's <laughs> kind of the ultimate goal for me. Uh Stanford versus Arizona. Okay, I I believe two of us picked um Sac State, one of us picked Stanford. I don't quite remember which one was which. Maybe it was I do. One of um I don't know. There's no way to look it up. But um th- we we do got to point out that uh y- y'all did pick Sac State and it's wonderful that we got at least one of these FCS upsets the Mm. we'll get into the other one a while but um I did not watch any of this game because it was all during the org game hit did you catch any of the Sac State oh yeah oh no I had it on my okay What, what, I mean, what I was got that four game screens, like? man. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you, you that. Know, it was funny when I was setting up the uh, when I was setting up the the Reddit uh, uh, Pac-12 pick 'em. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other moderator like contacted me and was like, "Oh, hey, dude, I, I think you had a typo in, in the spreads that you set up. You had a Sac State favored against Stanford," and I was like. I know what I'm about, son. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Um, so was this like a competitive game? Did Sac State steal this? I mean, yeah, or? it was competitive. I mean, it, it was, you know, back and forth. But, like, no, Sac State was a better team. Nice. Like, they they won because they were better. Like, not not like 
not like crazy better, not like, you know, ran them out of the building better, but like, it wasn't like they stole it. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, oh, a bunch of special teams mistakes and, and crazy. No, no. It was like they just, you know, consistently edged them. Yeah. That's hmm. that's pretty awesome, honestly. Um, and then Arizona beat UTEP, which is something you should do unless you're truly one of the worst teams in in the FBS, which they mm-hmm. are probably not. Um, I would imagine Heat's going a little, or, or or more people are picking Arizona in this one. Just so you know, Aaron, even though huh. it's it's on the farm. That kind of means absolutely nothing. It means there'll be less Arizona fans there than if they were playing uh, a Tucson. Sure, but and Arizona's had uh, technically more success, but have have looked pretty fraudulent. But have only lost one game against Mississippi State. Did go to overtime though. Uh, Jaden Delora is doing some good things, some weirdly selfish things too. Uh, not a great guy in real life. Aaron, do you do you have do you have a hot one here? We know you love Stanford. You going with them? He wait. Wh- who does he play for? He plays for Arizona. Well, then I'm going with Stanford. Really? Why is that? Yep. Because you said he's team? maybe not a good guy in real life. So why would I want to support that asshole? Yeah. Well, plenty of bad people win football games. Ever heard of Ben Roethlisberger? They're almost mostly. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> so maybe betting on the bad guy is the good idea. <laughs> oh boy. But I think I'm going to go with Stanford. I think Stanford could win this, but it's probably going to be Arizona. This actually is kind of like the perfect Pac-12 spot for Stanford to like. Yeah. Is, it would be a very Pac-12 thing to happen for Stanford to win this game. Yeah. Uh, it's also like <laughs> if they it, it's kind of a crucial game for them just to get one in the win column cuz it is going to yeah. get harder. And, you know, like, Hawaii was, like, you know, they did win the Hawaii game, but it was a competition. Uh, <laughs> they just lost to Sac State. It's like, how low is this Stanford team going to go this season? And I think it's going to be low enough that they lose to Arizona. So I'm absolutely going with Arizona. Uh, I, I am also going with Arizona. Dang it! Word, word, word. Um, yeah, I mean... Saturday, 4 p.m., Pac-12. This is the other thing. It's like, if you're a Pac-12 fan, I you should still watch the other game that's going on at 4 p.m. I believe that's Oregon State, Washington State. Uh, watch that. I mean, double screen it, I guess, but there's probably a different game that deserves your second screen over this one, too. There could be so some So this would be the second stuff. screen game. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't waste my time. For us, it's good to keep an eye on the Pac-12, but... I mean, I, and we're I about gotta to play watch Stanford. it because this is the yeah, yeah, this is the game that Oregon's playing in Week Five. So yeah, so we uh, yeah, I guess you should watch this game. I mean, I'm not gonna watch it live because I got to do film study on it. Yeah, me, but yeah, uh, there you go. Those are two teams that exist: Arizona State versus number five USC, Saturday, seven thirty p.m. on Fox. Uh, this seems more like a Pac-12 network game is what yeah. I would do personally. But, Aaron, Arizona State is bad. Right. Um, Fresno State just blew them out the building. And this was that was Shout out tempting. for, like, the first time since the 80s. Yeah. Like, Arizona State is going through some things. Uh, uh, the only, My only takeaway, really, so far from this season is I like Southern Utah University and Oklahoma State 
must be complete garbage that that game was even <laughs> only two scores. Yeah. Oklahoma State is kind of complete garbage. Ooh. Funny. Yeah. Well, of course, you got to hold on to Mike Gundy because he's such a good guy himself, too, you know, for some reason. <clears throat> um, Arizona State is bad, 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 bad. Bad. Number five, USC. I mean, their offense is still very much legit. They're number five it's, for hey, a reason. Hey, hold up. It's it's not quite that Arizona State is terrible. It's that their quarterback was a late scratch. Yeah. And, uh, and, and or actually, he just wasn't practicing. He was injured earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. He wasn't practicing at all, but they didn't tell us about it until about like an hour before the game. Okay. And they replaced him with Drew Pine. Um, of who, Notre Dame. Oh, formally, my God. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like the dude who you've probably seen a video of of Tommy Reese screaming at him on the phone. <laughs> and then Drew Pine on the other end of the telephone looks exactly <laughs> like a puppy who knocked over the kitchen trash can and is like, oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, like, I mean, just like I cannot believe the video is real. It looks like something out of a cartoon. Anyway, the uh, yeah, that Drew Pine. So when it, it, like on two separate occasions, he gets sad and gives up a fumble like I mean he was just like he had the whatever the opposite of pocket presence is like negative pocket presence like it was yeah it was it was so bad and like Fresno State's a good team like I I remember I said that in the offseason like the the like like yes Arizona State is not a good team this year it's not because they're like Terra bad. They just like they ran into a bad situation without their quarterback and like against, you know, a good team that's, pr- you know, Fresno State's probably going to win the Mountain West this year. Like, unless Hawaii stops them, like, go Bows. Uh, so just wanted to throw that out there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, I uh, honestly. I saw the Southern Utah University game, and I know there was a whole bunch that went on with that, but I, right there, made my decision. This team is as bad as you can get, and I'm excited to see which uh, Pac-12 team loses to them because it's Stanford, Arizona, I don't know. Mm. Maybe, I think they'll be, like, one, Um, Mm. but they're not, they can't even go to a bowl game, so maybe motivation's a little weird there, but... I mean, they weren't going to a bowl game regardless. Um, number five, USC is just going to – it's going to be bad. They're going to score a whole lot of points. Aaron, would mm-hmm. you like to choose the underdog here, though? Would you like to go with the Sun Devils? Nope, I'm going to go with USC, sir. Ah, damn it. So am I. Uh, Hith, should I write you in for ASU? Uh, no. <laughs> USC. Well, um. Interesting. Um, after that – Number Ooh. eight, Washington at Cal, 7.30 p.m. ESPN. Now, uh, we all were so hyped for Idaho. And Aaron, the fir- Idaho got to a 17-0 lead on Cal. And, and it was like, it was not a fluke. It really looked like they were doing it. And I couldn't have been happier. I mean, they were, I think they were, Cal was favored by like 15.5 points or something like that. So I was on top of the world. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Cal did rally back. They did win the game uh, comfortably. They really rallied. I mean, it was like a 31 to 0, you know, run. I, I actually, I, I can't explain it either because, like, you know, at the at the end of the second half, I needed that screen for some other stuff, and so I didn't watch the second half at all. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can't, I, I, I can't explain what happened. Uh, 
but I mean, it's what should have happened. Yeah. You know, like Cal shouldn't have been in that hole against an FCS team, but like, it's funny. mm. It's a bad situation when year seven into a coach, you're like, Oh wow, they really rallied back against that FCS team. I yeah. I don't know how that happened. Like that's you shouldn't be in that spot. I mean, just looking at the box score, the answer is that Idaho was at no point able to run and mm. uh but in the first half they were able to pass and then yeah. Cal sort of figured out how to stop them from passing. Um and also Cal wasn't able to convert like fourth downs, but then they started being able to convert fourth. Really, it was sort of like it's it the it's the story of fourth downs is sort of what the box score is painting like uh Idaho was if was winning their fourth downs you know in terms of they were converting and they were stopping Cal from converting in the first part of the game and then that story flipped in the second part of the game Cal was winning fourth downs and 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 stopping Idaho on fourth downs but like the fact that teams were on fourth down is bad 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 for <laughs> Cal like and uh, it was very funny because, like, sometimes when you have a spicy take, I like to put it on YouTube, just that clip, you know. And so this was definitely one because I was feeling very confident about it. And it's funny the amount of Cal fans that had bookmarked that and then came back to, like, quote, unquote, like, kind of slam us of just like, ha, we beat pa, Idaho. We you didn't <laughs> lose to Cal. It's like, congrats, I guess. Yeah. Like you still didn't cover, but against that FCS yeah. team, but uh, yeah, you really nailed us to oh the wall there. Oh my god, look at this. four four point six yards per pass for Cal. <laughs> like it's rough. Um, yeah. number eight, Washington. I, I love mean, the season. We're an Oregon podcast, but I do got to give them credit. And obviously, Michigan State was going through so much bullshit, but that kind of, it was going to be a beat down whether Mel Tucker that was there or not. They looked abysmal on offense. Washington got got a bunch of you know some luck on their side too, but just Michael Penix just picked them apart, and and they really have the mentality of just go deep, go deep. I mean, we're going for it every single time. We are throwing the you know not that he was chucking it only deep. He was going with whatever they were giving him, but what whatever they were giving him was working every time. Uh, it was it was a tough one to stomach, I bet, if you're a Michigan State fan. Um, they're looking like a really good team. Aaron, who are you going with? Eight Washington go or with a Washington. terrible town? Yeah, I think we all are. Is it all right if I speak for you on that one, Hith? I mean, I, Washington will definitely win the game. Uh, this, now, if you're picking against the spread, the spread's 21 and a half, wow. which, like— you should hammer Cal like yeah, um, yeah. like th- th- this game is like, usually Cal weird always yeah, yeah exactly yeah, it'll be like a three-point win for Washington they'll be sweating bullets yeah. like if you see a um, thunderstorm you know what's happening the the here's the thing um the the sort the the really like Washington's going through a lot of offensive line injuries that really suck. Mm-hmm. Um, they they lost uh, guard Memelar, um in the off season. Um, it turned the, uh, one of their guards, who's not very good, Julius Bulo, um, uh, got dinged up in this game. Uh, they lost their starting center, uh, Matteo Mele, um, who's also not really very good, who is himself a replacement for Miles Morau, who was their dedicated center, who then Scott Huff never played because, I don't know, maybe he was never very good. Um, uh, but he transferred out, you know, before the season. Um, and, you know, so they had to move Parker Brailsford, who's like, a, I think, a redshirt freshman. 
Hoffman, um, who's never played. He had to come in for Bulow. They had to slide him over to play center. Um, they're like, they're starting to get really, really thin, um, mm. up the center, like, up the middle. Like they, they only have one backup left, um, who, like the, the other backups that they have are, are tackles, um, uh, and that's Hatchet. Hatchet's been on the team for four years and he's never played like a single snap. Um, hmm. like, which probably indicates he sucks. Yeah. Um, which is like, this is Scott Huff. Like, he doesn't know how to manage this unit at all. And like, he recruits a bunch of dudes who are like four stars, but who are terrible. Um, love that. Uh, anyway, like, there's, there's a strong possibility that, Cal's defensive line now that they have like Brett Johnson back like that that's what I'm going to be watching I'm not saying that Cal's going to win this game I I am saying that Cal's going to keep it close but that's just because like historically Cal always keeps flip, flipping game close <laughs> but what I'm actually going to be watching this game for like actually like riveted to my TV screen like watching watching for is how the interior Cal's line matches up defensive line matches up against the interior Cal uh, Washington's offensive line because like that's how you shut down Washington's offense is a uh, like you, you can't get around their edges fast enough because like Penix just gets the ball out of his hand too quick because they're predetermined runaway routes um but like if you stove in the middle of the line and dump the interior guards into his lap like he doesn't there's no outlet for him mm. and like that's starting to be what the situation for their offensive line is looking like mm. and cal with brett johnson like might be exactly the team to do that to him because they play a three four and actually might have the personnel this year to actually do it so i yeah it might that might actually be worth watching. How interesting! Um, I I will honestly be pissed if Washington loses this game because, like, e even if they lose to Cal, that still doesn't mean anything of them, you know, like yeah. against us against them. So it's like, no, I I just want you ranked as high as possible. Plus, it'll hurt them more, like their spirit, <laughs> if they're ranked number four when we uh -huh. beat them in Seattle. I'm just saying, like, spoiler alert for my, like, Washington preview article, which is going to come out after the bye. Like, both Oregon and Washington have a bye before they play mm -hmm. in week uh, seven. Um, and, like, yeah, I'm going to have a whole week and, like, this, this is the film. Yeah. Like, this is the film that I'm going to be watching because, like, all of their opponents up until this point have been jokes. Like, yeah. Um, even the one that was supposed to be, I like you said, they caught Michigan State at a pretty weird yeah. week time. Caught them with their pants down. No joke. Uh, and actually, we got two. We got back to back buys because we play Stanford and then we get the bye week, so that's cool. Mm. And then the final one. I don't know why I haven't had the Oregon picks up here because then I always forget them. Then we forget to talk about the Oregon Ducks on the Oregon Duck podcast. But we got number ten Oregon versus number nineteen Colorado. One to end this. On the on the biggest game by yep. far. I mean, the hype couldn't be better. Saturday, twelve thirty p.m. ABC. Aaron, the Colorado Colorado State game, which was supposed to be lopsided because all we knew about Colorado State was they lost to Wazoo really badly, and then they didn't play in week two. Um, holy cow! That game right. was hideous in a whole lot of ways. It was ugly. Uh, you know, Coach Prime kept saying it's personal now because. Uh, Norvell, their coach, said something like, oh, I was raised when you to have respect. You, you take off your sunglasses and your hat when you take when you talk to a man. 
And then so Dion's like, I took that personally, basically. And so there was a lot of that going on. And then there was a really bad hit to Travis Hunter, their star two-way player. Um, he gets, it it was a really bad one. It got uh, Shador Sanders really into it. Uh, the other Sanders, uh, brother actually returned, um, uh, he got a pick six early on, but then the game really stalled. Colorado state's defense really showed up. Colorado's line play on both sides has always been a problem and was a problem in this. However, Colorado and, and like Shadur Sanders, like Shadur Sanders poked uh, one of Colorado State's players in the fucking eyes. That was a little video clip going on. There was just in like the Buff fans, um, which showed up. I mean, uh, there were so many rappers. Uh, uh, like Dude, the hype is strong over there. Yeah, a little way like uh, rapped while they were coming out. Um, but then it was silent wow. in like the second and third quarters. Oh no! They, they rallied back. Ends up going to overtime. Wow! It was a crazy game that Colorado, for us, fortunately, ended up winning. Oh, they thank stormed God. the field against Colorado State, which should be made fun of. But also, I'm always someone where it's like. Yeah, they're having fun. It's college football. Who gives a fuck? Like, Colorado's been fucking terrible. Let them celebrate. Um, Travis Hunter. The Colorado fans get to do whatever they want. Exactly. Like, they were in their 1-11 season, they were showing up. Like, they were, I mean, that's, when when I was, you know, watching them last year, when they were like, you know, I I watched that 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 Cal Colorado game where they beat you know Cal and they rushed the field. You know, it was like because the stadium was full for yeah. a winless team. Yeah, you know, like the stadium was full for a winless team, and like I think the same week or like a week or two prior was the UCLA Utah game, right in the Rose Bowl, right? Like you're a UCLA fan who gets to play Utah a team that goes on to win. It was the defending champs and goes on to win the, the you know again, and it's like there's like ten people. In the state, in a beautiful, you know, day in Pasadena. And there's like 10 people in the stadium. And meanwhile, Colorado, winless team, you know, and they whited it out, too. Like, they all coordinated. You know, it's just like Colorado fans can do whatever they want. Like, I don't, yeah. Exactly. Leave them alone. Guess what? They had a great time and they got to hang out in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, if you get Master P to show up, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. For real. Exactly. (laughs) Um... I, I believe, like, yeah, Travis Hunter, Hunter had something with, like, a, a maybe a cracked rib and a damaged liver with the hit. Yeah, it lacerated so liver. And he, it he, was, it's one of these things. There was some criticism for Coach Sanders for playing him after that, but it's yeah. the kind of injury where it's like you don't, you don't, it, it's a, it's a gut shot and you don't really know that you're injured until mm. the swelling starts to happen. And so it's like, no, that don't, that's. Yeah. It's under. It's also there was like a lot of the even like the, the player who did it. I mean, it was a bad yeah. hit. He shouldn't have done that, and they were penalized for it. But it's also like that's football. Yeah. Like it's Travis Hunter you know, said actually on his podcast, which has been pretty interesting. He's a very interesting guy. He even said like you know it's it's football. It happened like that was kind of his person. He's like I'll heal up and I'll be back. But he will not be here for this game. Uh, two to three yeah, he's weeks. Out he's out at least. Weeks. Like it's bad. Yeah. yeah, and he was like obviously one of their best players on both sides of the ball. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like I mean it obviously it sucks. Like it sucks on like twelve different dimensions. And I am like of all the people to be 
um, upset about this. I'm like last, like there are 7 billion people in line on planet earth and I'm the last one in line, but here's where I am about being upset about it. Like the, the, I wrote about this in my preview article over the summer that like, I didn't think that coach, like, even though I appreciated like a lot of the things that he did in the roster rebuild, like I thought that's that he left a couple of jobs undone or, or like incomplete jobs. And one of them was at outside receiver where he got, you know, Weaver number 10 from, but that he yeah. didn't get enough good, uh, other outside, um, wide receivers and that he was, he going to be in this awkward you know, position where he, he might be forced to play Travis Hunter more than he should. And that that was a bad depth situation. Cause what if he gets hurt yeah. and then like, yeah, and then he gets hurt and it's like, so what, like, I feel bad about that. Cause like, Oh my God, I wrote, what if he gets hurt? And, and now I have to go write an article about the previews Colorado versus Oregon in which like, what do I, do I, you know, am I supposed to like march up and down the streets parading? Like, look how smart I was. I predicted that a kid got hurt. Like, you know, yeah. I, it's not a fun position for me to be in. Just like, don't say told you so. Just avoid yeah, that specific I don't. phrase. <laughs> um, uh, I, I feel pretty confident in this specifically because there's some weaknesses in Colorado that, you know, aren't even like secrets. I think a lot of people are like, well, the line play isn't exactly something you'd see out of a conference championship team. Um, they're wonderful to root for, but I'm going with the Ducks. Aaron, how you feel? Going with the Ducks, baby, all day. I know every you're day. a Buff fan, but also it's the Oregon Ducks. It's an Autzen. Um And in Hithliday, do you ha- do you have a spicy take? Or are you going with the Ducks here? Uh, you know, I'll pick the Ducks. Like, there's there's just too many. Absolutely. There, there's just too many flaws, and and yeah. and Oregon's just rolling too much. Um, Thank God, I, I will. Colorado's ranked. I will 19. detail these flaws in my my article on 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 Friday morning. Um, I, I, I'm not like a crazy Colorado hater. Like I, I think there's a lot of excessive criticism for Colorado, and I think they do a lot of things um, uh, very well and, and better than 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 people think. I think there's a lot of like really smart ways that they exploit. Like for example, the way that like TCU got out of their broken 33 stack um, defense because they got pissed off at the way that um, that Colorado was exploiting it for like short gains that was you know anyway i'll talk about it in my article like colorado is a smarter football team than you think they are and like every time somebody says like oh these are a bunch of like you know uh, shuck and jive hucksters uh, like you are playing exactly into the trap that they are setting Mm -hmm. um and uh and shame on you um for thinking that uh plus they're america's team let's be real uh, um, you know, that said, they also have, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh you know, clear uh, deficiencies because, of course, they did. Like, look at the size of the roster, you know, rebuild that they had to do. Like, yeah. they were never going to be able to to 100 percent, you know, get get that all, you know, that that project completed. And, and they haven't. And so, yeah, whereas Oregon has a, a complete roster. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Aaron, if we're the villains of the piece, this is the game we lose, just so you know. I... Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we'll win, see. And then we meet them in the Pac-12 championship or something. Okay, uh, let's get. I know we got to get done here, so let's look at the results. This is last week's results. Wow. I have a one-point lead wow. over Aaron. I have sixteen. Aaron has fifteen. Hip has a commanding lead of twenty. Not and really. Hithliday did very well. He got ten out of eleven on this next. Wow. One, 
Uh, just what? barely missed on the FCS school otherwise. But here Oh, yeah, go. the Cal yeah. game. God damn it. I damn know. Hell. You almost got it. Vandalized. The Vandal's vandalizing my perfect game. Yeah. <laughs> um, as of right now, I have taken the lead over Aaron. 25 points. Aaron's got 23 points. Hithley has 30 points. So that is where we're at right now in this season. I'm coming back, baby. Aaron's coming back strong. And uh, that is the great Pick'em Challenge, everybody. Once again, let us thank Hithliday. Go over to Addicted to Quack, read the duct tape articles, and uh, read this next article coming up here, breaking down the buffs, because you know that's going to be an interesting one. We uh, Also, look at this Quack 12 feed. Keep your eye on it, because we will have an interview with Jack Barsh, maybe our final Colorado interview ever. It's sad to say, but I mean basketball and such. You know, you hope maybe we'll we'll pump into them non-conference or something. Hey, but uh, yeah, could be a title game rematch. Hey, there you go. That's fun. Um, and then at Quack Twelve Podcast on Twitter, Quack Twelve Patreon. Uh, if if you want a little bit more of this madness, Aaron, do you have a very specific take for our game against Colorado that you'd like to take us out on? Dan Lanning and Master P. We'll smoke a one-ounce joint on the center field line, 50-yard okay, line. on the 50-yard line. So, Master P, you'll be there again. Yeah. But on Oregon side. Oh, okay. No. It's called a oh, – it's, like it's like a treaty joint, you know? It's like two Classic. people from opposing sides coming together to share the peace pipe yeah. to commemorate like the game. <laughs> like when we invite Gaby over and then we all smoke a fat blunt. Like, exactly. as we do. Yeah, yeah as yeah. we do. Okay, my super specific prediction is that Oregon will have a commanding 24 to 0 lead before Colorado scores. That's a lot, but I have faith in these ducks. Hithliday, anything crazy specific you'd like to take us out on? Uh, uh, I think Oregon will kick a field goal for their first score, and Duck fans will freak out. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that sounds so accurate. <laughs> Absolutely. So accurate, just like my man Camden Lewis. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Quack, quack. Quack, Go quack. Ducks.